I've had the privilege of being in and around banking for more than 50 years. Lots of changes during that time. We've gone from ledgers to laptops, typewriters to technology. One thing, however, remains the same. Banking is a people business, and I'll be talking with those people that make banking great here on Jack Rats with Modern Bankers. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, this is Jack Hubbard. Hi, Bryn. Hi, Jack. I love our new hat. Our hats came from Vertical IQ, and they are fabulous and wonderful. And you know, Bryn, it's just been a great week. As people can see, I'm not in the world headquarters today uh, in my basement. I'm actually traveling, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But this has been an unbelievable week. I've had a great, uh, we had a great Father's Day program, uh, a barbecue with my daughter and uh, son-in-law and, uh, in Geneva on Sunday, Monday. I did a podcast with uh, Byron Everhart uh, at the Barrett School of Banking. Um, yesterday, I was back in the classroom in Syracuse, Illinois, with a sold-out group from the Independent Bankers of New York State. Today, I get to work with you and Bryn tomorrow. I'm going to the Baseball Hall of Fame with my son. What could be better? I know. It's so fun. And it was Syracuse, New York. Yes. So... Yay! It was awesome. I love it. I love I all of your students are like crazy engaged on LinkedIn, on your posts. They had such an incredible time. I'm a little jealous that I wasn't there, but uh, I'm so glad it was such a huge. Season. It was, and thank big shout out to John Witkowski and uh, and uh, his team for 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 uh, having me here uh, in Syracuse, New York, and uh, so I'm excited. But today we have. Lots to do, 21 tenants of uh, LinkedIn. And so let's get started with number one, Bryn. We talk a lot about social selling being that of a building rapport process, building value, uh, and being a resource. Talk more about that. Yeah, this is huge, right? Like when, when people hear LinkedIn and social selling, unfortunately, the first thing they think is, oh, connect and pitch. Oh, all that spammy, spammy. That's not social selling. That's social spam. It's not even social. It's anti-social spam, right? But but social selling really, you know, and it really is about showing up in a way that's meaningful to your audience. Right. It's about be, really being a value. So I love that we start with this definition, ultimately, that, that we're creating credibility and we're being a resource. I love that. Great place to start. And I know I'm talking a lot and this is meant to be a rapid fire. So we'll, we'll kick through some of these, um, but I still, we, 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 one of us may rant through one of them because okay. that's what we did. That's all right. And, and here's, here's the second one. I say social listening and you say. Maybe the best way to understand your buyers and your buyers, customers prior to reaching out. One of the things that most salespeople do wrong is they wait for the discovery conversation to find out the discovery answers that you want in discovery. If you can get a bunch of these prior to showing up, first of all, your discovery is, I noticed this. How is that affecting you? 
is so much better than tell me what's keeping you up at night. <laughs> so, you know, that social listening piece that both of us cannot emphasize enough makes all the difference in the world. And, and I'll, I'll tell you number three, and it, and it lands right in your life, because when I met you first on LinkedIn, one of the things that really stuck out at me was the level of subject matter expertise you have on LinkedIn. We need to do that, Bryn, to be a resource for our buyers. Uh, you know, I think that that's really important. And I think, is that our number three, if I remember correctly? Yeah, right? yeah, like our goal is to share our our insights. Our goal is to show up as a resource for our buyers. That's how we earn the right for them to even care about talking to us. So when we can do that, we become the person they come to for guidance. It's true. And number four goes right along with that, Bryn, because speaking of resource, your profile really starts out by showing people that you are a resource and that your profile is not a resume. Oh, I cannot emphasize this enough. Shift that profile from a resume to a resource. And the reason is social selling is about being a resource. So if you're not looking for a job, they don't care about your mission, your passion, your years in business yet. They will once they care about you. But the way that they care about you is when you bring them value. That's right. So I love that. That's right. And, you know, yesterday when I talked to the bankers here, and I, I didn't want to embarrass anybody, but most of them had something like vice president, commercial banker, or something like that, and then put the name of their bank in their headline, which is wasted real estate. They need to tell people how they can help. And that's where this all starts above the fold. But let's get to number five, too, because too often what happens is, we spend time telling our, our our buyers how we can help. Why don't we just do it? Oh, how great would that be? So, yeah, right. We show up. We help. You know, we help companies like you get the capital they need to do the whatever they need to do. You know, we help companies like you with their treasury services. We help. We help. It's about us. It's not about them. Now. Yes, they need to know this, but let's reframe it just a little bit. And this is where we move from telling them how we can help to simply helping. Helping. So maybe what in our content, in our profile, we're talking about the five reasons you should, if you're a credit union, I'm just saying, if you're a credit union, five reasons small businesses should use credit unions for their treasury services. We're educating versus saying, we do this, we do this, we do this. They're like, oh, I've never really used a credit union before. That's interesting. Flip it if you're a banker, right? Whatever that is. But reframe, I do this, we do this to, this is what you should expect. This is what every business owner needs. And that's how we lead them to our solution. No doubt. No doubt. And number six goes right along with that. It says social selling content should resonate with the buyer, resonate with the buyer, Bryn. Yeah. Now this is a big deal. So there's, there's five elements. And it's interesting. I was just chatting on uh, um, LinkedIn with my friend Yvonne Ribeiro about these five things, literally like five minutes before we got on. And the first one is 
you need to resonate with the buyer. When you when your buyer gets to your to this content when they're scrolling, they need to know it's for them. So if you are a banker that handles small businesses in Tulsa, Oklahoma, then you need to say small businesses in Tulsa, Oklahoma are challenged with. They go, "Ooh, that's me." Right? That's the resonate piece. The um, the create curiosity piece is number two, right? It's got to be something that they care about, right? So the creating curiosity is, you know, it, uh, the number one challenge they have in bridge loans for their, you know, for their large orders. Okay. Whatever that is, right? Now they go, ooh. You know, I have cash flow issues and I do have a lot of big orders. I'm going to keep reading, right? The next piece would be teach them something new. So you could talk about by having a line of credit in place, whenever you get a large order, you don't have to juggle all your other orders in order to get them all done, right? You, you'll always have that line of credit to pull from. I'm just saying these are like little tips uh, you know, in the thought. So they go, boy, I don't have a line of credit right now. That would be great. Right. And so now they go, if your banker has not yet talked to you about this, right, then we could go into creating the compelling moment. Well, we have to get, you know, they're now thinking differently because they don't have that line of credit. And then the compelling moment, something, if your banker hasn't offered you this, let's chat. I'm happy to provide insights. Um, that can let you know if the line of credit is right for you. Or, you know, and then they go, ooh, that's a compelling moment. Or if, what is the number one, that could you, that's one call to action compelling moment. Another one could be, um, you know, like this pose, if you, if you're looking for a line of credit, I don't know, fun things, lots of things, but we have to create a compelling moment because we need to move them from lurker to engager. And the only way we're going to do that is by creating curiosity, uh, resonating, creating curiosity, teaching them something new that gets them thinking differently about the current banking situation. Now, and then I'll talk about number seven. Uh, okay. I did a, I did an interesting thing yesterday and the, number seven, by the way, share content that your buyers want to consume. So I uh, did a little exercise with the, with the folks uh, late in the day. We had a lot of trust with each other. So it was a lot of fun. And I said, so tell me something a manufacturing company in Syracuse might be wanting to know about or might be dealing with. And once someone yelled out robotics, I said, okay, tell you what, let's write a post right now on issues around robotics in Syracuse, New York for manufacturing companies. said, well, we don't have time to do that. I said, ah, let's go to ChatGPT. So I went to ChatGPT, I typed it in. We had a three paragraph piece of great information that I said to the bankers, now you gotta edit, you gotta make it yours, you gotta make sure that it's tailored and it's done right. But they saw now that this was content that a buyer would wanna consume not something that a banker would want to send. That is a subtlety, but it's a very important difference, Brent. Uh, it is because it's no longer, what when we send them content that we want them to know about, it's not about them. It's about us. The goal here is to send them content that is meaningful to them. So, Jack, brilliant. 
I love that. I want to. I want to. I'm really looking forward to hearing your answer on on uh, number eight. Uh, engage ten times more than you post. Talk about that, and and let's make sure that we have a distinction between comments and liking when we're talking about engagement, Brent. I love that. Okay, so I, I will say this started with. Uh, Richard Vonderbloom's report on the algorithm, right? And how engaging before and after you post gets your post out to more people. So I'm thinking like, we've got we've to measure this, like how many and when. And I recognize that 10 to one was a great ratio for me. I started watching the engagement. When we engage on other people's content more than we're sharing content, number one, they care about that more. If they're sharing content and we engage, we matter more to them than the content we share, number one. Number two, when you engage that much more, your content, LinkedIn says your content is gonna now be shown to folks. Right? Your content is worthy because you're playing the game. It's not a one-way street. You're engaging. Now, the way you engage matters, and this is, I think, was your question. I'm going to call them algorithm points. There are no real points, but it's the way that I can visually make this work. If you comment first before you react, you get the most algorithm points, credit, whatever that is. So it's, it's comment, like, um, reshare, I might not be getting this in order, but reshare, repost, share to the inbox of someone, and I think I might be missing one, but if I think of it, I'll come. But the bottom line is the two most important things to do is comment first and then react. You can repost it, put your own two cents behind it when you do that. You can share it in the inbox of folks. Um, the bottom line though is 10 to one ratio. Do not share another piece of content until you've engaged 10 times. And a comment is one engagement. A reaction is one engagement. And, so. in, and when you're talking about that, it could be different posts. And, and the way I look at it is, um, and this is how I remember it, lazy likes, lack luster. And when I think about that, I don't just like something. I really do want to comment. And one great way to comment is to ask a question. Uh, I found this to be very interesting. I've seen this also. What are your thoughts? And now you're going to get some re-engagement. Well, the next one, number nine, has to do with you not having to be the smartest person in the room. Because when you uh, share your, you become a genius, through your clients when you do Q&A, Bryn. That's number nine. Oh, I love this one. Capture your genius. There are a few ways you could do this. I literally have a notebook with me when I'm taking, and I'm taking physical notes. I'm also recording almost everything in Zoom. So I'm getting transcripts. But if I get a question that I know I have this great answer to and I answer, I'm going to remember that question. I'm going to go back to that. So many bankers are like, well, you know, I'm not a writer. I'm not a, you know, I'm not, this isn't, I don't even have time to write. But in today's world, capturing the great questions that your prospects and clients are asking you and your genius answers that get them excited to work with you, 
is easier than ever before. So either take notes or record the conversation on Zoom. And, and sometimes I, I just jump on a quick Zoom after my meeting and record myself saying that, that question and answer one more time. When we share direct Q&A, client asked me this, here was the situation, here were some of the things that we were doing, what are things that you might do in that situation, right? Now, you're getting engagement, and you want to say, you know, my client, comma, a small business owner in Tulsa, Oklahoma, right, comma, in the, in the oil and business, right, that you're, that's where you're resonating, you know, um, had this challenge. Now you're creating curiosity, right? And it all comes together, but it's based on your client's question, your answer, and um, ultimately, and it doesn't even have to always have an outcome. You can update that later, but it could be, you know, here was my recommendation. What would you recommend? Or what would you want your banker to do for you? Or, and you can get that, it's a mini case study. Uh, and when you start mm -hmm. to do that, and this is, this is the point of content too. It doesn't have to be long form content. It can be very, very short, but very, very powerful. You're mm -hmm. going to be a banker. You may make three calls today on three different industries, but something similar might have happened. Post that. I, I called on three to these kinds of industries today. And I found this to be in, uh, something in common with all three. What are your thoughts? What are your clients seeing? And now you're getting great engagement. And that's terrific. Um, all right. We're almost halfway through. Number 10. Uh, this is, I think, one of your favorites. Connect and pitch is a bait and switch. So interesting you say it's one of my favorites. I will reframe that and say it is my least favorite thing that is done. It is one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> So um, connect and pitch is a bait and switch. We've all been victims of this, right? Someone connects with us and we immediately get pitched. Interestingly, I think people are even pitching before they connect now. They're so desperate. That is not going to get us meaningful trust-based conversations, right? What will is that we're showing up as a resource. So please, if you are cold calling at all on LinkedIn, stop and use this like, there's a real human being on the other side of the message because guess what there is? There's a person there and we want to treat them that way. Absolutely. And, and what's really cool as I'm seeing people um, download through the QR code that we put together, um, one of the things that they're doing is doing outreach, which kind of leads to number 11. Slow down your outreach to speed up your outcome. This is such an important one. And I think this goes back actually on good order because the connect and pitches a bait and switch leads into slow it down, learn about your prospect, learn about your prospects, clients, learn about what matters to them. Um, and, and learn about who do they follow? What content are they sharing? There's so much that we can do that now when we do our outreach, no question at all, they are getting value and they recognize we've invested time in getting to know them. So I love that. Um, so you mentioned the QR code for our listeners um, that are not visually seeing our program today. Go to the modernbanker.com slash 21 tenants, T-E-N-E-T-S, 
number 21-T-E-N-E-T-S, themodernbanker.com slash 21tenants. All right, next, my number, friend. Number 12, Bryn, is earn the right to get the call. And I love this one because what I hear from a lot of bankers is, well, I haven't made any sales on LinkedIn. Well, you don't make any sales on LinkedIn. This is a human thing. LinkedIn is a tool just like anything else, like a vertical IQ, like a RelPro. But, but using LinkedIn and the other tools helps you earn the right to have a conversation. Absolutely. I think that's so important. And that's the being that resource, showing up in a way that um, allows you to just really understand that they're not here to buy. They're here to network and engage. So Janice Spooner. Hi, Janice. Fantastic ideas here today, Jack and Bryn. Yay. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. And so let's go to number lucky 13. Care more about the outcome than the sale. And when we talk about the outcome, it could be the outcome for the potential buyer who benefits from what you're doing on LinkedIn. Bryn. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, as we're, you know, we hear people say, I want to use LinkedIn for lead gen. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I don't like that, that, I mean, we talk about leads and prospects, but the idea of lead gen to me is throwing a whole lot out there and hoping and praying someone reacts. But that happens when we're really attached to the sale, right? It's about what we want. We've got to shift our thinking. And I, you know, there's some overlap in a lot of what we're talking about today. But it's important to really get that we need to focus on the value that the reader, that the consumer of our content gets. That at the end of reading this, they're not like, oh, I want to switch banks today. But, oh, this banker was really valuable. Now, we will get them eventually to switch when the time is right. And very few people are ever going to switch a bank because they read a good article, right? That they may take a new banker's call and then get nurtured over time. But it's really important that it's just not about your business. It's about their success. That's, that's exactly right. And that leads us into number 14. I was telling folks yesterday that I have a belief, and it's so true, it's not it's an easy one, uh, Captain Obvious, that you may not get the sale on the first call. In fact, as a banker, if you do, there might be a challenge there. Uh, but you may lose the sale on the first call. So what you need to do on number 19, detach from what the prospect is worth to you and attach what you are worth to the prospect. Be valuable, Bryn. Uh, you know, this is one uh, we talk about constantly. We really do. And, um, you know, it's, it's when you can get this as part of your complete sales philosophy, you're, you will win, right? When you match, rather than saying, ooh, small business owner accepted my connection. Now I'll have my numbers. Right. I'll be able to, you know, I'm this, this prospect based on his LinkedIn profile is worth this much in business. When we start to do that, we miss the point. We are bankers for the purpose of helping individuals, families, and businesses 
succeed. In return, we make money. We need to think of it in that order. Absolutely. And speaking of order, number 15 is after 14. So let's talk number 15. I like this one a lot. Treat the prospect on the other side of the message the same way you would on the other side of the desk. Yes. I love this one too. And I should change. I think I always say table. I like desk better. We're going to change that. It's perfect. Yes, absolutely. If you were sitting in front of a, a, a prospect, they invite you in and you're, you're, you know, I guess I had the conference room table, but I love the idea of sitting across from their desk. How, how would you talk with them? Would you immediately jump into, hey, thanks so much for having me in. Let me tell you how our bank can help you. You would never do that. You'd get kicked out. So yeah, I, Jack, this one is really, really important. These are human beings on the other side of this message. They are. They're the same people that when you do it right, you will be on the other side of the desk with. Absolutely. And number 16, don't ask a pro. Oh, that, that, this is just so good. I talked yesterday about the four buckets of planning. LinkedIn gives you such a great opportunity to know about stuff. Don't ask the prospect something that you could find out on LinkedIn before you make a call. Yeah, this is really a big deal. And I have to tell you, there are times where not my prospect, but when someone books a call with me to sell to me, and the first thing they say is, oh, so where in the country are you? I'm like, hmm. You could have found that on my profile. Or they'll say, um, you know, tell me a little bit more about your company. Why don't you start with, hey, I noticed you're in, you're in the greater New York area. I have a cousin in Connecticut. Is that where you are? Oh, no, New Jersey? Yeah. Oh, I hear the beaches are great. Okay. Big difference in that conversation, you know, when you ask that. The next question, tell me about your business. Hey, I was checking out your profile and your website, and I learned a couple things around X, Y, and Z. Can you tell me a little more about that? They realize now that you, that, that, so I would realize they took the time to look at, and, and I'm worth the time to invest three minutes before they get on a call. So when someone says that to me, what I say is, here, do me a favor. We're going to end the call now. Go do your research on my LinkedIn profile and you're welcome to schedule another call with me. And I hang up. Some do and some don't. But I don't want to waste my time telling them things they could have learned on my profile. It's, it's you know, it's, a, it's respect and you feel like you were worth their time. So when you, the banker, are reaching out, Look for shared connections. Look at where they're located. Look at who they follow. I mean, that's the social listening part that can transform how quickly you build rapport. We have a lot of connections. However, we are out prospecting all the time. Yet often we are ignoring the hundreds, if not thousands of connections that we already have. So search your connections with the first degree filter, which by the way, you can do in the free LinkedIn or export your connections into an Excel spreadsheet and take a look at who you're already connected to that you wanna have a conversation with and 
we often call this conduct CPR to your connections. So yes, we're breathing life back into them, but we're identifying clients, prospects, and referral partners. Perfect. Uh, and, and I just did this yesterday, and it's so interesting how, and it's so easy to do, uh, and I did it live with the group yesterday, and they were just fascinated by that. And when I said to, I don't know, we had 20 or 30 bankers, and I said, how many of you have ever done this? And none of them ever had. This is such a valuable thing to do. Uh, let's go to 18. When you ask their perspective, you matter to them. If someone sends me a poll that I have an answer to, I vote. If someone asks my perspective on content they wrote, not only am I excited that they care about what I think, but I spend so much time crafting a good message that often it leads to other content. I'm capturing my genius, right, in that. But when, so I come from when I'm asked for my perspective, they matter more. I can't help it. We're all a little ego driven. It just is. So as a banker, if you go out and say, hey, I'm talking to small businesses in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm asking them, what are the three things you're doing to prepare for you know, a shift in the economy? What are five things that you're doing today? And you just have conversations with them. You can even ask them for a Zoom call or meet a Teams call, right, where you come on and record it and use it as content. But at the end of the day, when you're asking them what matters to them, you matter. What? No, I'm going to rephrase that. When you ask them their perspective, we'll just, yeah, you really matter to them. So I love that. You talked about um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we recently, in a, very, in a live uh, coaching session that we did for uh, our bankers, one of the bankers was going overseas to Europe. And yeah. they were casually kind of talking about, well, where are you going? And he said, well, I'm going here, I'm going here, I'm going here. And you said, well, let's take advantage of our social proximity to be able to see if there are other people that you might want to meet with, which, by the way, he has done, and, and it, that's really helping him. So number 19 has to do with social proximity. Talk more about that. Yeah, and, and what's really kind of fun on LinkedIn, the free or sales navigator you can drill down to people in as small as any zip code. Now, in the free, it's the name of the town. But let's say, I don't know any of the towns in Tulsa, but you're coming to West Orange, New Jersey, and you're going to visit with me. And you're like, okay, so I want to see who do I know in Montclair, in Livingston, in Short Hills, in Summit, all my surrounding towns. Because you're going to say, hey, I'm going to be visiting. I'm, I'm out visiting with social sales. I'm with the modern banker, with Bryn Tillman in, in um, you know, next week. And I'd love to drop by and just introduce myself, right? So, the, and now, it, I mean, that's also like time and territory management. But you can search your first degree LinkedIn connections and do that. Two more. Uh, number 20 is socially surround prospective accounts and bring value to each stakeholder in a way that matters to them in their role. I love this one, right? So when you're working with a small business, you have the CEO, what matters to them? You have the CFO, what matters to them? You might have, maybe there are um, retail locations and each of the managers of those retail locations need cash picked up every day, right? They all have different needs. And when, you know, if you go in with the same shtick every single, with every single role, you're not going to resonate with them. 
So, you know, you really want to make sure you know all the roles inside of the company and ultimately that you are leveraging the, the, the insights you know about what each of them care about. And I want to talk directly to our treasury management folks in this regard. A CFO is likely going to be the purchaser or the end buyer, if you will, of treasury management services. And that's great. But here's what we need to think about. And this is true in live calls as well. That person that plugs in the data uh, needs to understand what the dashboard looks like, needs to understand how to input the data, that it's easy to use, and they need a lot of education. My point is this. You've got end users in companies that are using treasury management services. That content that you send to them is going to be different than the content that you do for a CFO. CFOs need to know maybe five things that manufacturing company CFOs are using from a treasury management perspective, and the end user needs five easy ways to use treasury management from a technical perspective. That is what we're talking about here. That allows you to customize one of the five C's of trust-based selling, and it's so powerful. Well, this time has gone by very quickly, but we have one left, one. Bryn, and um, it's one of my favorites, uh, and it's a pet peeve of mine. It has to do with random acts of social. Talk about random acts of social. Oh, this is so important, people come on, they like, they comment, they look through their newsfeed, maybe they look through their inbox or their notifications, maybe they ask someone to connect and maybe they accept a connection request and then they leave. And then they say, boy, LinkedIn just really doesn't do anything for my business. And it's because they just don't have a plan. So like our, our friend, the international banker, using LinkedIn to socially surround himself with, um, you know, the ideal people that he wants to talk to when he is in a location really makes that travel that much more productive. There was a plan behind that. Maybe you have a plan that before you talk with any customer, you make sure you're connected with them on LinkedIn and you search their connections and build a list of people they know that you might want to meet and run the names by them, potentially getting some referrals right? That is, I have a plan and a purpose, and that's where social selling becomes successful. And, you know, at the Modern Banker, that is our goal, is to make sure that we overcome the random acts of social and we create purposeful LinkedIn prospecting that converts to trust-based conversations without being sales. No, no question. And I, and I saw a post recently by Mark Cuban, and he talked about the number one thing that business owners, successful people do, and that's effort. And so with LinkedIn, you have to be consistent and you have to do the work. LinkedIn is not the sales process, Bryn. It is part of the sales process and it's a very important part. Yeah, and you know, generally we look at this as this is the very top of the funnel. Now we have to truly build rapport and relationships. And it was a lot of fun. Wow. And we packed a lot of uh, effort into uh, 38 or 39 minutes, Bryn. It was really exciting. Uh, glad to see you this week. And we will be back next week, Thursday, because if it's Thursday, it's Jack Rants with Bryn. See you next week, Bryn. Thanks for joining us for Jack Rants with Bryn, brought to you by our good friends at Vertical IQ and RelPro. 
We're live on LinkedIn every Thursday at noon Eastern time, helping bankers turn connections into conversations. Don't miss an episode. Visit themodernbanker.com slash TMB podcast. Leave us a review if you would. You can also listen to this program and the new Jack Rants with Modern Bankers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. We're on YouTube as well. Subscribe at youtube.com slash at The Modern Banker. Finally, don't forget, make today and every day a great client day. Thank you.